You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. So, kids back to school, it's really good to pray for them. And I don't know if they're even up yet, or maybe they're already on the bus. Or I, don't know, I don't know. Everybody's all over the place. But Heavenly Father, teach us to be humble and to learn even as they learn this school year. Teach us to be strong and to persevere just as they will press on this year. Teach us to number our days and give our heart, uh, give, give us a heart of wisdom, Lord, and teach us to love you and to love them every moment, every day, every season, every year. Amen. Thank you. The Sound of Life. Good morning. Welcome. I am Joe on Monday. Welcome to October officially uh, from the Sound of Life, Cup Joe Morning Show. <laughs> Maybe you can relate to this older, tired-looking dog wandering into the yard from the storyteller. Now, that wasn't my yard. Okay. But I'm going to do it from the perspective of I. And I could tell from his collar and well-fed belly that he had a home and was well taken care of. He calmly came over to me. I gave him a few pats on the head. He followed me into my house, slowly walked down the hall, curled up in the corner and fell asleep. An hour later, he went to the door and I let him out. The next day, he's back, greeted me in my yard, walked inside, resumed his spot in the hall, and again slept for about an hour. This continued on and off for several weeks. Curious, I penned a note to his collar. I'd like to find out who the owner of this wonderful sweet dog is and ask if you are aware that almost every afternoon your dog comes to my house for a nap. The next day, he arrived with a note pinned to him. And the note said, he lives in a home with six children, two under the age of three. He's trying to catch up on his sleep. Can I come with him tomorrow? A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Just a few moments away from your opportunity to get the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug. It's, uh, you know, Monday mug day. Here we go. And back on uh, Biblical Jeopardy, I call it. It doesn't really mean you have to answer in the form of a question because we'd be here all day. But uh, it's, a, it's a pretty easy question from the Bible, of course, uh, in the beginning. That's kind of the way it is right there. I like what Lecrae said, not necessarily in the Bible, but it's from knowing God, I think. He said, uh, while Rome was building an empire, God was establishing a kingdom. Which one is the priority? Which one will stand the test of time? The empire can have my taxes. The kingdom has my life. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face. And a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Here we go. All right. Monday Mug Day. It's pretty simple. The first person on the Cup of Joe hotline, which is toll free, 800-946-1765. First person with the correct answer. You win the Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug. The one and only right here. Okay. So the question is pretty simple. In uh, creation, in Genesis of the Bible, on what day of creation did God create man? What day of creation did God create man? I know he rested on the seventh day, so that was that. I don't think he created man on the first day, so I'm kind of narrowing it down for you. First person with the correct answer, well, you win, okay? So here we go. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. Cup of Joe morning show. Monday mug day. Here we go. Off and running. Oh, yes, it feels good. Turn that oven on. Let's make something in the oven, right? Let's see if anybody wants my mug. Cup of Joe morning show hotline. Who's this? This is Michelle. Hi, Michelle. I hope you're doing well. I am. I hope I have the right answer because I'm not sure. I'm going to say he created man on the sixth. The sixth day is correct. You got my mug, whether you like it or not. 
And this sweet lady stopped us at the checkout, and she asked if I would give her permission to give Hinsley some money to get whatever she would like. Hinsley's her daughter, about 10 years old. I teared up, because why wouldn't I? I said, of course. And I thanked her, but why did she want to do something so nice? She said she had a cart full once, and someone paid for her cart, and this was nothing like that, but she wanted to do something. So Hensley hugged her, and we thanked her more and asked if we could get a picture. And she said, well, I'm not very good at smiling for pictures, but I beg to differ. She was so humble and thought we were being too appreciative for what she thought was something so little. I don't think that was little at all, said Hensley. Sure didn't either. I meant so much for me to have Hensley see and receive Martha's generosity. So I asked Hensley what she wanted to do with the money. Here it is. She ended up buying a gift for her teacher, stopping to get ice cream, a book about a messy dog, donating a dollar, and saving the rest to put in Sunday school offering and to give someone else the next time we are at a Dollar Tree. Kind little gesture from sweet Martha impacted not just the two of us, but at least four others, right? So thank you, Jesus, for this woman's life, and thank you to the person who once bought Martha's cart. Thank you, Martha, for passing along the blessing you received and allowing my daughter to do the same. So the next time I'm in Dollar Tree, I will think of you and be sure to pass on your generosity to someone in line as well. Thank you for spreading goodness in this world and allowing me to share your beautiful soul. See how God works? It's pretty cool, isn't it? The Sound of Life. I am Joe. And uh, I know where you can see Schubert, the seal. Not long ago, Schubert wandered into the uh, Massachusetts pond called Shoe Pond. That's the name of it. And that's why they nicknamed the seal Schubert, right? And I mean, who looks in a drainage ditch and goes, oh, I think I'll see what's up at the end of that. (laughs) You know, a seal. I guess they're very curious. And so he wandered out of his habitat and wandered into this pond right over in Massachusetts there. He was there for about a week and uh, in Beverly, Massachusetts, and the police said he kind of turned himself in. I guess he thought, well, <laughs> he wandered over by the, the door, side door of the police department. <laughs> there he was. But everybody wants to get in on the rescue, though. So animal control officers, firefighters, people from uh, NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, Wildlife Division, so everybody was on the scene there because everybody has to help it wrangle Schubert into a wildlife carrier for transport. So it took him to the Mystic Aquarium where he is now. And I imagine you can go in there and see, hey, Schubert. Just smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. Welcome to Cup of Joe Morning Show. Boy, autumn really blew in something else. I mean, it did, literally. Kind of amazing when you flip the calendar over to October and then two minutes later, there I come. So I kind of wondered if you're using the oven, you know, got the oven on, what you're cooking in the oven. What do you think, Michelle? What are you cooking? Uh, Yes, we had pizza the other night. Ooh, isn't that good? What's your favorite kind of pizza? I love the margarita pizza. Me too. Yes. We're practically related, Michelle. Yes. This is like, this is a little miracle today for me for this happening. I am so excited about this. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Uh, I, I have to give kudos to a man we now, or for years and years and years, called Brother Andrew. 
mainly because, well, he was born in the Netherlands back in 1912, 13, 17, I believe. Um, he passed away last week. He was 94 years old. So uh, he, he was born uh, Andrew... V- uh, wait a minute, I'll find his name. It's here somewhere. Uh, Andrew um, Vander Bezel, I think that's how you say it. Anyway, so when he was 12 years old, uh, the Germans invaded his homeland of the Netherlands. There's World War II thing, and he hid from them. But he ended up not hiding and smuggling Bibles into communist countries. 125 countries he went to. Now, if I live through just probably one of his experiences, I would think that was it. That was a big miracle. Man, I don't know. I, that's it right there, man. I, I carried a couple of cases of Bibles in, and, and that's I'm going to retire. But he just kept doing it. Uh, and it's absolutely incredible. In fact, he wrote a book about it called God's Smuggler. That was in 1967. Now, I don't know if you're old enough to remember communism. It was all it was all fun, fun and games. We had a great time with communism and, and dealing with that in sports and stuff. But uh, smuggling Bibles in, they they didn't they didn't particularly want Bibles in their countries and places, and so he took them in there. And this was in the day, you know, when they were real books, not just something that you downloaded on your device. No, they were they were pretty good sized books. And I I don't know what led him to start doing it. He just figured, well, they have to they have to hear the good news, right? And this is the way they hear the good news. He smuggled Bibles into Poland, Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia, East Germany, Bulgaria, other Soviet bloc countries, all those countries you see now with the stands, you know, Uzbekistan and all those Soviet bloc places there. And of course you had to go through a border guard to get in there. He drove a Volkswagen Beetle. I want you to get this in your mind. One man sitting in a Volkswagen Beetle in a line. Everybody's sitting in line going, oh, please, God. I mean, it had to be a lot of prayer going on, you know, because you had the soldier standing there with the, at the gate. And he had a case of Bibles in the back seat. <laughs> it was pretty obvious. <laughs> you know, all you have to do is open the box. There they are. He didn't know what to do. And so he just said, God, I, I I don't know what to do. I need a miracle. And he just like took some Bibles and spread them out in the car. And that's something. And he got up there. And that's absolutely all these stories you can read about in the book, God's Smuggler. So he gets up there and the guard looks at his passport and waves him on. That's it. He looked at his passport and waved him on. And he's like driving away looking in the rearview mirror, and the guard stops the car behind him. He stopped the car in front of him and searched, stops the car behind him and searched, and he just waved him on through with Bible sitting there right in front of him. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. It's cold and dark. Summer's over. Those are all the memes out, right? Pumpkin spice lovers, there you go. I got a gift certificate somewhere. To a coffee shop that's got pumpkin spice. I should give it a try. Every year I think that, and then, I don't know, I don't. But I did uh, try this morning. I tried the Joe coffee this morning. Wake up Joe coffee. Yeah, it's something new for Monday Mug Day. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's, uh, it's medium roast. Uh, I'd say on the lighter side of medium, so it's pretty good. If you like breakfast blend, it's probably just for you, you know. It's uh, this time of the year. It feels good to turn the oven on, actually. We kind of thought that at home, you know. Get a little, get a little heat in the kitchen while you're cooking, right? Got things going in the oven. It's kind of the, the way it is, right, Nancy? Yes, oven, <laughs> cooking, crockpot, soups. Ooh, all what? cool Wait. comfort food. Yeah, you got something in the crockpot? I have a great recipe for the crockpot. What is Mediterranean it? pot roast? <gasps> That's so easy. You take chuck roast, a can of diced tomatoes, a small can of sliced olives. A big onion and some beef broth, and you throw it all in the crock pot, and it's Mediterranean pot roast. It's phenomenal, easy and delicious. Wow. Okay, that's good. Is there any way that you can, like, take a picture of it and, and <laughs> send me that so I can post it? Yeah. 
Yes. Okay. All right. I am going to post this on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page, right? The recipe, right? The crock pot recipe. Oh, right? you've yeah. got to admit, that is pretty neat. I know. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up, do something. The sound of life. You know, over the years, I've heard a lot of different financial advisors. I've heard just regular people that, you know, not in other words, not Christian, not on this radio station that were Christian financial advisors. But if you're a financial advisor worth your salt, you really say the same thing, basic stuff. And first thing to do is get credit card debt paid off because the interest rate's out of sight. So you want to do that. And if you got more than one, you take the easiest one. And people say, well, why do you do that? It's psychological. Psychological is a big part of paying off debt, right? And, it, and it's free when you pay off your debt. Anybody will tell you that. And, you know, you're like, yeah. Uh, So you pay that off, right? You use the snowball. Maybe you've heard of that. And they may have different names. You know, you you take the easiest one, and then you take what you were paying on that one once it's paid off, and you put it towards another one, and it snowballs, right? And then as soon as you can, you try to get $1,000 into a savings account so you can tap into that when the auto repair place gives you a bill. And like, oh, it's unexpected, right? But you have it, see? So, you know, that's just basic stuff. I don't want, I guess I can throw him under the bus, right? Well, mainly because Dave Ramsey's really huge, big, all over, everybody knows him and everything. He's all over commercial TV, radio, and everything. His daughter's the one you ought to watch. <laughs> I've been following her, and she does a pretty neat, she does neat videos and stuff like that. Uh, I'll think of her name in a second. But uh, she she is she says really the same thing. She just says it really kind of a lot nicer. We used to have Dave on some years ago, right? We'd be on for a couple minutes answering people's questions and stuff. And one young lady called and she said, well, my boyfriend's been giving me a financial advice about doing this and this. And I just wondered if, if that's a good idea. And he's like, yeah, what's your boyfriend do? It's like, well, he's unemployed right now. <laughs> And Dave just, I knew it was coming. I just cringed. I said, well, you're stupid. And I was like, Dave, Dave, we can't, we can't you can't call our people stupid. I mean, you know, it's one thing. What, what Dave should have said politely is, honey, wisdom has been chasing you, but you've always been too fast. Got that right. right? Mm-hmm. Too. Oh, howdy. Yep. yep. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Oh, a very exciting day tomorrow. Today's not exciting at all. It's nothing today. It's just 10-5 day. Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> tomorrow is bring your Bible to school day. Yeah, sponsored by Focus on the Family. Hashtag bring your Bible. Very exciting. Uh, they've done it for the last several years. They've had like 500,000 students participate in Bring Your Bible to School Day. It's, I mean, you can do it any day. It's, it's okay. It's not like special legislation. To, <laughs> this is the only day you can bring your Bible. But it is a terrific opportunity for uh, students to, you know, boldly and freely put their feet to their faith as focus on the family president or CEO Jim Daly said, which is absolutely true. One of the things I like to do is bring up things in the Bible without saying they're from the Bible to people. And then, you know, but first, kind of ask them what a definition is. I mean, depending on the class and the age and stuff like that, it's kind of cool because I know it's been done before to college students, you know. Start talking about things, but get around to asking them what their definition of love is. I mean, there's nobody on the planet that doesn't want to get in on that, right? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what love is, right? And then say, I got an idea. Let me run this by you. See what you think, if this is a good definition. And then go to the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And in that letter, right early on, he was telling them exactly what love is. And it's pretty extensive, as you know. Love is, and then and, and, and maybe write it out. Love is, how about patient? Love is patient. Nobody will ever think of that. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not brag. Love is not proud. <laughs> you know, love does not seek its own way. Woo, you be at the head of the class. I mean, it's really pretty amazing. Bears all things, believes all things, you know. And then when they're like, yeah, man, that is really awesome. And you say, you know, that's from 
the Bible. <laughs> wow, wow yeah. that's awesome. Mind blown. <laughs> a great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The Sound of Life. So yesterday I was listening to a podcast from Malcolm Gladwell. The guy's amazing. But this was talking about how people help others, giving situations. One in particular, a man who escaped a concentration camp. He was very young, of course. Um, teenager, I believe. So he's very old now. And he, uh, they set a fire in the camp and a bunch of them, there was chaos and stuff and a bunch of them escaped. And they're hiding out, huddled together in the woods, basically freezing to death. So they said, well, we've got to do something. So, or you know, they went and knocked on a door of a house, right? And the person said, yeah, I'll feed you, warm up, give you some clothes. That was it. And they were on their way. It had to be no less than 11 different people helped him get to where he was going or he wouldn't have made it. It's interesting that God designed the world so that people are need in need of help. And then here you are, you see that. And you're like, yeah, can I help you get something? Or can you know, and you you just can I help you put this in the car or whatever it is, you know. And you've probably been on the receiving end and the giving end. It's really kind of neat. There was a young man on his way to a job interview, right? He's uh, taking a train and stuff. And this elderly couple, this woman, noticed it. She noticed that he was he couldn't get his tie tied. So she says to her husband, go over there, help him tie his tie. Now, the interesting thing that she did is that she put herself between the two of them and the rest of the people on the platform so that they really couldn't see and the the young man didn't feel embarrassed. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) I was just thinking, that's amazing, the the thought that she had for that person, not even knowing who they never even seen each other until two seconds before. And this man, of course, is getting him, and he looked really sharp, getting a tie tied and all that kind of stuff, right? So even though we have all these differences and stuff, you know, the way we look, the way we act, what we believe and stuff like that, we are, God has designed this world so that we are dependent on each other. He needs the help. And actually, to tell you the truth, we uh, come alive when we do the helping, don't we? The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The Sound of Life. Careful out and about, especially right in the middle of the Hudson Valley. I don't know. I mean, you know, they're just all around coming through pretty quick. These showers. Boy, it's a lot of road, a lot of water on the road. Wow. Speaking of water and what's going on around my yard there, you know. So I've had squirrels, squirrels, that's a given. Chipmunks, you know. Wildlife passing through the, uh, sometimes in the early morning, you can hear the coyotes come through there. So. Um, but we've lately had a problem with a couple of raccoons showing up. Now, you should know we have four families that go together on this relatively small dumpster, which is really a godsend because you know there's no there's no truck going to drive up where we get our, so we use the dumpster thing there. It's kind of cool, but the and the squirrels really, oh boy, they're a nuisance. But you know what are you going to do? I mean, but lately the raccoons have showed up. Wow. That's a whole different level of nuisance right there. So, me and my brilliance, you know, I've been to the third grade. Anyway, I put a couple of cinder blocks on top of the thing, and I it's working, sort of, I think. I mean, I'm not there all the time, but, you know, I've seen them scamper away a couple of mornings. So, I, if you've got any ideas, I know they make a dumpster that has a bar that goes across to keep... Anything from picking up the wind can do it too, you know, picking up the lid. But uh, so I think I'm okay. But now I've got this real cool idea. You let me know what you think about it. See, we've got ocean pollution, and it's a pretty big problem. But I think the solution is obvious because you have raccoons that actually love to eat garbage. Therefore, if we trained a raccoon navy, say, they'd be able to go out into the sea and basically eat the ocean garbage. We're right. I, I mean, I don't I don't really see how that could go wrong. 
Right? And and by the way, we should also give them swords. You got serious thrill. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and walking and the words putting into sentence doing the sound of life here we go i am joe and you know in going through life of course it's your perspective right to be two different people could have exactly the same uh lifestyle if you will the same circumstances but see it completely different and that's what happened to iris and maybe this will help you out maybe at some point you'll be able to help somebody else out because of this too and it's it's an issue really that's at the forefront today going around you know some people portray a, a young woman who's with child she's pregnant right and it's like the end of the world because oh her whole life is just ruined you know and all the friend and the time she's got to spend with the child and the responsibilities and she normally would be sitting in the library studying or having a fun at a party or something I've read all that stuff, right? I don't know if anybody's actually had that happen because usually by the time you you have a baby and you start out and you go through life, you know, picture this 18 years from now when that child's walking across that graduation stage, maybe with a doctorate degree. You're thinking, wow, you know. But Iris, not quite like that. She has a very unusual story. Iris Purnell, she gave up her career to be a stay-at-home mother. Right, Her husband's working, so they're okay. But, I mean, she had dreams, and she put them on hold to take care of their children. And she's recalling how she struggled with losing her identity and her purpose. She said, I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. It was a struggle for me mentally because I didn't know how to articulate that I wasn't happy. Right? But here's the catch. All right? Now, what, I haven't told you how many children she has yet, <laughs> okay? Which I don't know. I don't know where in this should I tell you. But the, the key difference in her life is she started going to church. And she fell in love with somebody that changed her life and everything about her and changed and gave her a new heart. And that would be Jesus. And she said, I just found a new life. I'd been going to church and I decided to get saved and I found a new life and a new meaning of purpose. I'm quoting Iris. Of course, the foundational verse for the family is Psalm 127, verse 3. Children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. That's the way she saw it. So she surrendered her life to the Lord. She, she should know that now finding peace, inspiration, and her identity in Christ, she is the mother of 12 children. Okay, something in her heart flipped the switch and she fell in love with motherhood big time. She said, you know what? If God wants me to have this many children, then I'll have as many children as he deems me to have. So that's how we ended up having 12. Blessing of children. Dreams are actually coming true. Her husband said she always wanted to be a teacher. So this is a great purpose. As a mom, I think she takes the role of being a teacher, being a caregiver. When I met her, she was in nursing school, so she she gets to fulfill all of that. It's pretty cool, isn't it? And, of course, you have to end the story with Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So go, Iris. Yes, indeed. The Sound of Life. I'm Joe, and uh, I'll see you. It's really funny looking back on it, but sometimes in church, I'll say it now, but sometimes my wife would just lean over and she'd start giving me a little back scratch, you know. She had to, she was very hesitant about it. She became very hesitant because of the sounds that I would utter sometimes. <laughs> she got embarrassed. She just gets too embarrassed too easily, but showing affection to each other, usually if you're in a home where you grew up showing affection, right, then you... And it was easy. It came easy like that. But the thing is, between a husband and a wife, it really may not be what you think. But it, and it can be very simple, right? And when I say them, you're going to go, oh, yeah, it's true. I'm going to post the article. I'm going to post the article on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page for you so you can check it all out. Because there's a lot. Because small gestures have a really big ripple effect. Think about that. Small gestures have a ripple effect, right? It doesn't have to be complicated or over the top. Sitting close on the couch, you know. 
um, unexpected texts during the day, stuff like that. I get those rubbing your shoulders when you're straw. That is the best. Back scratch. But anyway, tell your husband you're proud of him. That goes a long ways right there. A love letter. Who does that anymore, right? I mean, you know, wow, isn't that amazing? Start the day with a kiss. <gasps> I remember one time, though, <laughs> and I'll send this out. I put it on Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page right there because I want you to have the perfect marriage. Right? I said that tongue-in-cheek. But I remember one time years ago, Dr. James Dobson, in his wisdom, said something, and I gave it a try. He said, sometimes the sexiest thing you can do is wash the dishes. And you know what? He's right about that. <laughs> Give it a try. And Dr. Dobson, you were absolutely right about that. Thank you so, so much. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Good morning to you. Welcome. And really to our Jewish friends, today is a day of atonement. So it's the most important day of the year. I would think it's a uh, Jewish day, holidays, feast days, whatever. Start at night. You probably know that. Start when the sun goes down. So it's all found in Leviticus, in the Old Testament there in the Bible, how how to do it, what's going to happen and everything. Basically, on the Day of Atonement, back in the day, the chief priest would undergo a special washing, change his clothes, put on white clothes. He would then go into the room of the Holy of Holies in the temple. Only time of the year it was done, and he was the only person to go in there, the chief priest, the only one to go in there. Uh, he go into the Holy of Holies. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was. It was behind this big veil, which was, I don't know, maybe a foot thick of fabric. This thing. Um, so he would sprinkle, the high priest would sprinkle the special blood, blood of an animal, to atone for the sins of Israel for the past year. Right? And you so you have the blood of an animal uh, exchanged for the blood of the Son of God. Right? So the writer of Hebrews, written to the Hebrews, uh, probably in Hebrew, you know, said, uh, now Jesus is now our chief priest. So we we have a covenant, a new covenant in his blood. It's way better than the blood of animals. Makes sense, right? Yeah. He's our chief priest. He normally wore white robes, but took off those garments and became one of us. And then was undignified and crucified, right? So he shed his blood to make atonement for all, for once and for all. He said, it's finished. So he right then fixed what Adam broke. That is so huge to get a hold of that and think about that. And right when he did it, too, as a sign from God, that veil in the holy of, to the Holy of Holies, again, it was just ripped in half, wide open. It's unheard of, unheard unprecedented access to the throne of God in his grace. It's pretty amazing, okay? Super duper covenant we're thinking about right here, but wow, it's pretty amazing how God loves you. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Hey, I am Joe, and you know, I love radio. I personally think that radio is a gift from God to humans. I think television is from the devil. I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it does kind of seem to be proving me out. But there was something that happened in radio. Maybe your grandfather's generation, maybe. Maybe he remembers. Go ask him. You may remember the big fight, the big uh, boxing match, heavyweight boxing match in Jersey City back in the 1920s. Radio was not something that people really wanted to buy. You say, why do I want a radio? And you got to remember, radios, these little transistor things on your countertop, they were formidable pieces of furniture stuff. There was a man named Mr. Sarnoff who had this idea because this boxing match was like the biggest thing ever. 90,000 people were going to watch it. And he said, we need to broadcast it on on the radio. And he took it to the home office. And they said, that is the craziest idea we have ever heard. Bye. But he wasn't daunted because he just saw that I think that's something. You know, he could see it where nobody else could see it and feel it. 
So he went through with his plan. He went and, uh, well, he basically stole some broadcasting equipment from the Army base there in Jersey City. Sure, he paid it back. He went and hired a man that knew boxing to broadcast it on the radio. And then he went and put radios in every place he could that had people. I would imagine diners and bars and laundromats, every place. Here is a radio for you on the house. And they broadcast that fight. And it changed everything. Because now everybody wanted a radio. I appreciate that, Mr. Sarnoff, and your idea because I grew up, my little transistor radio going in my head, you know, the theater of the mind going wild in my head, picturing who was talking on the radio. Mr. Sarnoff ended up leaving RCA. And he started his own little company. It's done pretty well. It's called the National Broadcasting Company. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I was listening to Teresa. I'll give you a little heads up right there. Teresa Ross a little earlier. And uh, it's interesting because it made me think about a conversation between mom and little girl sitting, you know, first grader, sitting there at the table. And she said, Mom, what's virgin mean? And the mom spent the next 10 minutes doing the very best she could trying to explain using their relationship between little girl's mom and dad, you know, her husband and stuff. And, and, you know, just explaining and, and stuff. And then the little girl says, Mom, what's extra virgin? Nip it. The, the Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The sound of life. This is all where this boy, nine-year-old boy, became the youngest person ever to get a wisdom tooth taken out. Uh, I'd say you should wait until you get four taken out, right? Have you ever had your wisdom teeth taken out? You want to get them all at once, believe you me. It's not that nine-year-olds, it's not that unusual. He just happened to beat the record by a few days or something like that, but reminded me of getting my wisdom teeth taken out. So I'm going to re- remind you, <laughs> had your wisdom teeth taken out. It, it, it wasn't the, well, first of all, yes, the four to get them all done at once, primary, primary. Yes, I have to give kudos to whoever's idea that was. You know, I don't think the question was put to me. Do you want two out and come back? You know, no, no, no. No, no. You get them all out at once, suffer through that, initially get it over with, you never have to do it again, right? That's that's the way to do it. But I, it wasn't the getting them out so much. It was the going back and getting the stitches out. And I <laughs> I know that I, you know, it. after about 30 seconds after I got my stitches out, I realized that I did not gargle with salt water enough. You know, like they say, your gums are tough. You should, you should floss them, water pick them, gargle, all that kind of stuff. Make them, you know, make them tough. Because, see, uh, thankfully, my mom was driving the car, got the wisdom teeth taken out. And then I went outside. And by the time I got out the front door of the dentist's office, my mouth was full of blood. I'm sorry. That, it was true. I just spit it right out on the ground. And I, I think the kid that was coming in for next, I think he turned around and ran. So. Listener supported the sound of life. Remember the ice bucket challenge? 2014 is when a lot of you were jumping on board. We're doing the ice bucket challenge. That actually was a real thing. If you're wondering, well... You know, was that just a gimmick on social media to get people to pour cold water over their head and stuff like that? No, it really wasn't. It was uh, the brainchild of a man named Pete Frates. He was a Boston College baseball player who actually got ALS. And he eventually succumbed to the illness in his early 30s. And he was the driving force and inspiration behind the Ice Bucket Challenge. So there's some news out about the results of that. They raised $115 million in donations. The uh, It has contributed to 130 research projects, but also contributed to the funding of a drug approved by the FDA to treat the disease. Now, it's, I don't know if I can pronounce it correctly, Relive Rio, 
Relivrio. It is not a cure for this fatal neurodegenerative disease known as Lou Gehrig's disease, but it slows down the effects. So it is real progress happening, and you guys did it. It was, I mean, that was a real thing that came out of that. The president and CEO of the ALS Association said funding from the Ice Bucket Challenge dramatically accelerated the fight against ALS. Testament that when people come together to help, you know what? Great things can happen. Absolutely. The sound of life. Well, you would think if an actor in the Chosen series had an encounter with none other than Justin Bieber, the, the actor would be ministering to Justin Bieber. Turns out it was the other way around, and in all fairness, it was before the actor was on The Chosen. His name is Yashi Baragas, and now he plays the part of Philip in The Chosen. And to make a long story short, he was hiking one day outside of Los Angeles, and he found a neat little spot to read. And he was sitting there reading, and he heard a bunch of girls chirping and all in excitement, and he couldn't see what was going on through the woods. But then he heard a voice say, hey, what are you reading, man? And he looked, and there was Justin Bieber. Well, everybody knows who that is. I mean, especially if you're an actor in Hollywood, right? And he came over, and he told him, and he just said, uh, you know, I, we, we just started talking, chit-chatting, talking about life, you know, talking about the struggles that each one of them had, life's ups and downs and such. And then he, all of a sudden, Justin Bieber interrupts me, he said. And he said, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I really feel in my bones that I am meant to introduce you to my church, so would you come? And he, and he was thinking, I had no real interest in going to church of any kind. and But how am I not going to say no to Justin Bieber? But he was really cool about it. Now, this is interesting. Would you invite someone to church this way? He said, tell you what, we go to church with me. If in the middle of the service, you, you, you're like, that's it. I can't stand it anymore. Let's go get a beer. That's what he told me. <laughs> so he, he said, okay, let's go. Cool. No pressure. Well, he was in that church. For at least the next six months, I'm attending church with this 28-year-old pop star and professing Christian in his own right. He said, I was exposed to the Gospels for the very first time, sitting in on sermons from a church that wasn't trying to pull me in or convert me. They were just teaching the parables of the New Testament. And then he was presented with an opportunity, a chance to audition for the role as one of Jesus' disciples in The Chosen. He said, I felt very propelled, prepared for it. Felt like something I really wanted, really motivated to get. And, well, here we are. <laughs> it's really uh, pretty cool. You know, he said, uh, the chosen is kind of like that. For people who are agnostic or not interested in the faith, you have a way of understanding the text without all this dogma surrounding the entryway, you know. They're able to freely make up their minds for themselves and connect the material with their eyes, right? makes people very relatable. I don't know. You've got your own ideas about it, your own way to describe it, right? And by the way, news from uh, Mr. Jenkins, the director, he said, and this is interesting because a lot of people call the station. They say, how can I watch? What channel is The Chosen on? I said, get the app. They have a Chosen app. It's in the app store. That's how you get it. Or you can watch episodes on YouTube, right? It's crowdfunded. So you don't have to pay to watch it. You can if you want to. You can make a contribution. Kind of like here. But the first two episodes of the new season are going to debut back-to-back in theaters nationwide on November the 18th. So be looking for news of that. November 18th, The Chosen in theaters. Ooh, that's going to be exciting, man. Real exciting. The Sound of Life. I was thinking about back in... Uh, we were talking about my wife and I. I think it was 2019... She bought it for Christmas present for both of us, but we got it early, got it delivered and started using it. And I thought it was the best thing ever in the winter months. It was a Peloton bike. And um, so then, of course, the pandemic hit and everybody was home and Peloton grew like crazy. They've added some really cool things, I guess. I, I don't in any way, you know, participate in everything they do but they they got weightlifting they got uh, pilates and and all kinds of stuff and they hired a bunch of people and now they're cutting back that's kind of sad to see you know because 
you have an instructor there that you you feel like you get it's kind of like me and you you know you're building up a relationship with them and they're they're working and they're encouraging you and saying great philosophical things to you know you know you grow in the in the tough times that's when you grow and it's like wow they keep you going and so i don't know who's being laid off but they're gonna cut their staff about in half they're in uh, manhattan in case you didn't know um but i was thinking that that's that's got to be one of the toughest situations uh my wife went through that just a couple years ago and you know you and you're the type of person that like her she worked hard she invested a lot of herself in that company maybe you can relate to that and you think oh this is okay you know because they don't want you to start looking somewhere else they they want you to think that well you're going to be here right and then all of a sudden well we got to lay off <laughs> you know and they give you a couple of months salary or something but you know i mean still you're in that in that being in that area of of not knowing is really uh, it's amazing, isn't it? And having to trust, that's where you, you're like, you just keep, God, I trust you, I trust you, and you're like, do I believe it? You really like that, you know? She is way better off now than she was a couple years ago. I'll just lay that out for you. And really, that is my prayer for you today. If you're in that situation, when you're in that situation, to trust, be in that better situation later on. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. All right, I'm Joe, and uh, I've been yesterday morning. I woke up at three, not unusual. I do this thing. I haven't had it in a couple of years, I don't think, but it's, I don't know if it's seasonal or what it is. Maybe it's psychological. But all of a sudden, I do this thing. I have this, like, head cold thing. Can you relate to that? You know, I sneeze and sneeze and sneeze, and my nose runs. I mean, I don't know. My head hurts, <laughs> and I get tired. It's like I'm miserable. And so I have felt fantastic Tuesday this week. I mean, I felt great. And Wednesday, not so. It's kind of like a little relapse thing. It felt terrible Wednesday night. Woke up Thursday morning early, so I didn't make it. But then I slept late uh, Thursday yesterday. And I got up and I was hungry and had breakfast. And so I, did, I I really got started motivating around noon. And I was feeling so good. I started cleaning windows. <laughs> I did. I started cleaning windows. <laughs> Must be out of my mind. You know. Because that's like, that's like the worst thing. That is a real process right there, right? Cleaning windows. So that's how good I felt. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> a great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. That's for king and country. For God is with us. Yes. And boy, God would have to be with me. I mean, like right there. Helping me physically. If I was at a scene where a police officer was shot and the police officer asked me for help, put on a tourniquet and things. Maybe you've been in that situation. I think this teenager's father is correct that a lot of times it's just ordinary citizens that come to the rescue. And this certainly was one of those times. Uh, 17-year-old was out with her boyfriend doing what else? Shopping. And <laughs> all of a sudden they found themselves, they were in the car and they found themselves right in front of a crime scene. There were two police officers involved. There was a shooting, and the first police officer got hit, and the second police officer returned fire, and things were okay after that, except he had a police officer that was shot, and Ava is the 17-year-old that was in the car. Now, it's interesting when, you know, people along the route of life need help, and they come to someone, and so many times they are given the help that they need. That person is able to feed them or clothe them or be with them. And then, of course, that person is ministered, does the helping, is ministered to as well. I, I'm just seeing all this kind of in my mind, you know, and it goes way back. And you study survivors of concentration camps and, and survivors of war stuff and genocide, you know, in Africa and things like that. They On their route, they had to get help from other people. It's interesting. And so did this police officer. And she said, all of a sudden, I saw a cop get out of the car and I saw him get shot a few times. 
And, I, you know, somehow I blinked my eye, and the cop who was shot was right in front of my car, and he was asking me to get out and help him put his tourniquet on. And you know what? She knew how to do that. He he, he said, well, I'm completely numb. My, my hand is limp. And she said, I just realized he needed help. It was all instinct. And her father, who happens to be at University Health Clinical Care, taught her how to do this. She said, I still think it's very impressive, her father said. But, you know, it's it's people like you and me that will respond. And that's why he taught her to do that at one time. And she remembered. She said, it just came on instantly like a light bulb. Isn't that comforting to know you taught your kids something that, bam, they're going to, you know, in the time of stress and stuff, that's going to go off, and they're going to remember it. She said, I remember sitting on the couch multiple times, and he goes over a tourniquet and how important it was. That's what Ava said. And you tell your kids, always remember, when they're doing that, pray in Jesus' name. Pray out loud in Jesus' name. I think that is all cool because he'll remember that. He'll remember, oh, yeah, it was Jesus. I remember Jesus, right? Jesus would be there with you, too. So pretty cool. Pretty cool thing that happened there. Tourniquet? I got to learn how to do that, like right now. I'm going to go learn how to do that in case I need it, right? A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. Welcome to Cup of Joe Morning Show. It's pretty amazing. Yesterday, my best thing of the week for me was feeling good enough to clean windows. (laughs) That's kind of... Really? That that really is. I felt good enough to, to clean windows. Yes, Nancy, how about you? I feel so much better than I did when I was in the hospital. And the worst thing is that the babesiosis might not be totally gone. Oh, we got that. Okay. Not funny, is it? No. No. The sticks are trying to kill us all. You know that. Trying to scare us, too. Yeah. Probably the very best thing that's happened is it's brought Ronnie and I much closer because we're doing, like, everything together. So it's been really nice to actually spend the time together. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.